Welcome to Two Guys, One Book, where two friends tackle their reading list one book at a time. Okay, hello and welcome back to, to Two Guys, One Book. I'm Tim, joined by... Brian. Welcome, Brian. And uh, today we read The Year of Living Danishly. Is it my year of living Danishly? Actually, I should have double-checked that before. You should have checked, double-checked that before starting. <laughs> the, the year. Year, okay. That's what I thought. So, yeah. um, and it's by Helen Russell. It's a nonfiction book. She's like a journalist. Um, <clears throat> she's a British journalist who moved to Denmark with her husband who got a job at Lego. And it's basically like a tale of them adapting to Danish society and lots of humor mixed in. And it also coincides with the storyline of her getting pregnant after trying for a long time and having a baby. So, um, yeah, that's the basic premise. It's pretty straightforward. Um, first impressions, what did you think of this book, Brian? Well, what about you? What about your first impressions? Like, uh, well, first of all, I mean, let's take a step back. Why'd you pick this book? Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, the reason I picked it, actually, our mutual friend CJ had mentioned reading it a while ago, and he's a very happy-going guy, seemingly. So I'm like, well, if CJ is talking about a book about happiness, I should pay attention. And um, <laughs> and and I was also like, you know, I've read other books before. Like, I've read a book called The Geography of Happiness. Uh, this guy, I think his name is Eric something, I think, but he wrote another book called The Geography of Genius. And I like that style where... He like travels all around the world to different countries and tries tries to find the patterns between like uh, that country and that thing. So why did Scotland produce so many geniuses in like you know the 1800s or something like that, and um, or ancient Greece or so on? Um, so similar kind of thing, but this was just focused on one country. And I think like British humor is funny as well. So um, yeah, those were the factors in choosing this. Oh, that's great. I mean, those other books sound very interesting. Yeah, I recommend them. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to look into those. Because, yeah, I mean, I thought, yeah, so, um, you know, I, I think this is a good example of um, why we do the podcast. Because, like, it gets, I would have probably never read this book, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'm not really, I guess, would you say this is like a memoir? Or not really a memoir, more of a very specific period of her life. Yeah, it's hard to categorize. Um, it's sort Fish of like, out of water. <clears throat> yeah, something like that. Like a travel, I would say like travel genre almost. Right. And uh, memoir, journalistic, biography. Yeah. Right. I guess I would. I don't read very much travel uh, uh, literature. Um, and but like you picked it, and so I read it, and I enjoyed it. I mean, so like I, I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into going into it. There were, you know, I think she's a good writer. And I think her story, her personal story of moving to Denmark was what I found to be the most compelling. She talked to various people that work and lived and studied in Denmark and to explain to her the culture and the, the history of Denmark. But I always felt that was a little like textbook, you know, like what mm -hmm. it was supposed to be. It's supposed to give you the context of why Denmark is the way it is. Mm -hmm. But I felt like her anecdotes were the best. Yeah. Uh, her style was that she tried to weave in like her personal life along with like, you know, talking to experts in these various fields and trying to like get the information why it's so such a happy country. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I agree. Like her personal life 
you know, I, I enjoyed those parts probably a little more because it you have the connection to her and what they're doing. And uh, and yeah, I just think she's like a funny person. Like, I think her sense of humor is good. And she's she calls her uh, husband Lego man because he works at Lego and uh, she just kind of gives him a hard time and a lot of the book in like a, you know, poking fun way. And yeah. I kind of like the sarcastic British tone of it. Yeah. <laughs> I figured you you would. Um, yeah. Fun fact, I, I learned that Legos, I just, this book helped me learn that Legos headquarters was in Denmark. I never, never knew oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's it's a cool company. There's not really a lot of companies quite like, like Lego, where it's like not just kids, but also adults are still like oh. pretty into it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I love Legos. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I had a bunch of Legos growing up. I always had the pirate Legos. That oh, was okay. my main, my main genre of Lego. Did you have any specific Lego? Uh, <laughs> I'm sure we did. I feel like they all just ended up getting jumbled together in a big box, though. <laughs> and uh, so we had kind of a mix of things. But yeah, especially for me and my brother, we played a lot of Legos growing up. Um, yeah, lots of fun. Oh yeah, just not as fun yeah. to step so, on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not to step on. No. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought, you know, I, I thought her personal touch to the story was very good. Her, her sarcasm and, and humor. Um, but there were at times when I felt like it was a little condescending. Like she would, she would like talk about Denmark and like, oh, of course it's this way, or oh, tr- oh, because of tradition, everything here is because of tradition. You know, like. She had this, I guess that was part of the English uh, side of her, mm-hmm. would you say? Yeah, yeah. I feel like that is, I mean, obviously you can't like generalize, generalize or stereotype, but uh, <laughs> there is something to this like British ethos, especially like, you know, someone of that age who lived in London and was like in the circles she was in, I think is like, that's just sort of like the... It, it might sound condescending or harsh, but it's just sort of like a joking way to look at the world, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, sure. But, uh, but yeah, honestly, like, and we can talk about the various things about Denmark and what makes them more like, like happier than others as a country on average. Um, but honestly, like all the rules and stuff, I was like rolling my eye. <laughs> I was uh, rolling my eyes to a large extent because I'm just like, man, they got rules for everything. Like, I feel like I'd go crazy a little bit just how oh, like, yeah. structured the country is. Right. Yeah, I agree. I, I was surprised at how rigid everything was there and everyone just kind of like went along with it. Yeah. Um, but what, what was what was there one in particular that you think of that or, you know, I honestly like lost track to some extent, but just something as simple as like putting a flag out on your porch. There are all of these rules about like how high it had to be. And, it, and maybe there are in the U.S. too, but I feel like stuff like that nobody really takes seriously or gets enforced, right. but they take all these things very seriously over there. I just think it's kind of annoyed. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Like the, the context is in the story that Helen and her husband are uh, have a guest coming from who is Swiss, who's from mm-hmm. Switzerland. And so they ordered a Swiss flag because... They have a flagpole outside their home, mm-hmm. and so they have a Swiss flag. They they hoist it on the on the flagpole, and then go to like the train station or airport to pick them up. And then when they come back, like all her neighbors are gathered around the flagpole because oh, you can't have another country's flag up unless it's for like diplomatic reasons or something like that, which is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah, the American ethos again to generalize and yeah. whatnot is more like. 
don't tell me what to do type <laughs> mentality. And that just seems very like opposite of that Denmark ethos <laughs> of like yeah. rules and structure. <laughs> yeah, very much so. And but, they have like yeah. even a structure to their whole year, which I thought was, uh, I think it, I wonder what came first. Like was her idea to like talk about her year of living Danishly. And then she realized that the Danish year kind of follows this pattern or did she, as she was living it, was she just making notes and then realized like this whole year kind of ebbs and flows. Like the winter when they get there in January is like everyone's hunkered down for the winter because mm-hmm. everyone's doing hygge stuff, mm-hmm. like just staying home and lighting candles and getting family time. And then mm-hmm. as the, the spring comes and they have like, they release the cows, they do like this thing where they get the cows out of the barn and normally the cows are so happy to see grass and, and blue sky that they prance around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the summer, the d- days are longer. So people are out and about bike riding, kayaking, all this stuff. And so I just found like, and then that continues throughout the year that de- Danish people just kind of live in a cyclical year where they very much are structured, very routine, mm-hmm. very, like you said, rule and, and tradition. Um, uh, folk yeah 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 she probably kind of like started to grasp that more towards the end after experiencing each of those like seasons um yeah i feel like yeah to some extent being in seattle can relate to it being really dark early in the winter and and most people are just inside and then when it gets nice out everyone goes outside so there is some of that collective uh and then also like having the lack of daylight like she talked about vitamin d deficiency and you know, the importance of hygge or H-Y-G-G-E yeah. um, coziness, basically, in your home. Yeah. 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 Are yeah, you I'm inspired never... to get more hygge after this? <laughs> yeah, I am. Yes, Megan has actually talked to me about being hygge before because okay. that's something she's into. Is It's just about, you know, having a cozy and inviting home that you want to spend time in and you just want to, uh, you know, just stay home and, and be with the your friends and family that that you love. So, I mean, it, it is more of a winter thing, but it can be an anytime thing. Anytime you feel like a sense of warmth and comfort in a in an environment. Yeah, yeah. I will say in general, I think the average American household. I don't know if we put that much thought into like our how things are laid out and how it makes us feel. You know, speaking again on average compared to like European or like Japanese. You know. Uh, parts of Asia, how homes are like thought out and that kind of thing. But I think it does affect your mood. Like, you know, the furniture you have and, you know, how things are spaced. Like mm-hmm. if it's really cluttered, you might feel a little more like anxious, uh, sure. you know, that kind of you're thing. You're talking about some feng shui too? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I believe in that uh, <laughs> entirely, but I do think the way things are arranged will like to some extent affect your mood and outlook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. And then they talked about the Danish um, taste for design. Yep. And like they like they don't want just like they're not just solely based on comfort or utility of an object or home, but they they care about the design of the home as well, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. And I think it 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 definitely <laughs> again general making generalizations about the European side of things, you know. Uh, you know, maybe a little more sleek, a little more modern or hip might be words used to describe, you know, European de- home design as opposed to American home design, 
where we have lazy boy recliners and <laughs> yeah that. yeah it's american style is more just like i don't know if practical is the right word but just like more based on function rather than form i guess on average um yeah you could do i mean there are like whole books about european design specifically like scandinavian designers and ikea and stuff you know like um why i wonder why there are the why there is this pattern i mean part of it is they're indoors a lot so they build like nice things to be indoors but also they just I think like that's it i think that's a big part of it um yeah and they support artists a lot too they talk she talks about the education system and how like you know it's kind of designed to fund creative pursuits more so than other uh countries as well yeah what 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 societal things about Denmark did you find appealing and which ones did you I mean so you didn't didn't really like the rules you were not yeah. Tim's not a rule follower don't tell me <laughs> don't tell Tim what to do or what flag he can he can he can mount in front of his home so what things did you like about the society in Denmark uh, I think the idea of free education is pretty cool and the fact that they just invest a lot and you know it just seems like in America, so many like people and generations kind of get screwed because it's sort of like figure it out at age 17 or 18. And a lot of people get into like lots of debt and study stuff that they are not even like sure they want to do. Um, but I feel like there's just a lot less pressure when there's like free uh, college or free healthcare. But then again, like no, we don't all want to pay like 50% taxes or whatever. So it's a little like, you know, there are some things that sound super nice about it, but it's like, how well does that translate and carry over to like a country like the United States? You know, right. So. And it wouldn't. It really wouldn't. Yeah. Because I feel like just just the way the United States is founded and subdivided into the states and counties and cities and whatnot, it just it just it's you know Denmark. I think there's multiple times when the author talks about Denmark being a country of five and a half million people. It's not very big. Everybody kind of has a sense that they know a lot of other people in the, in the country. So they have this community aspect or feel to them that they are more uh, accepting and trusting of all everybody in there in the country so that they can have. And I think it, what it boils down to is trust mm-hmm. is that most Dan- Danish people trust each other, trust the government. So that they know when they're paying 50% taxes, it's going to their healthcare system or going so their kids can go to school and have a career that they want and choose because they get to go to school for free. And then not, and then ultimately they don't have to worry about like making a lot of money to pay off their student loans They so they can go into a job that they enjoy instead of a job that pays well. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I think you summarized it well. And honestly, like, there's not a lot of room for discontent in the society because everyone's basic needs are taken care of. They know they can fall back on the welfare system if needed. And um, you don't see like the stratification like I feel like you might see in this country where it's like you have the really nice upper class, upper middle class neighborhoods and then like a lot of places that are struggling. So uh, the gap is just a lot smaller there. Like there's a bit much stronger middle class, right? Right. Which yeah. which makes for a healthier economy and society overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just going to say, like, yeah, so, like, you know, a lot of liberal people will point to Denmark as, like, hold it up as this, you know, ideal. But it's also, like, there are drawbacks to, like, the extent of freedom, like, the super high taxes, the amount of rules and bureaucracy and that kind of thing. So, I don't know. It's 
Yeah, maybe more states could try to be like Denmark individually, but I think at a country level, it's never going to get quite like that or even close. <laughs> oh, no, it's never going to. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, we did, we're just too, too, um, we're just too fractured. We can't coalesce together to, to get change at, on that scale uh, in, enacted. And even if we tried, there'd be other forces that get, that with more money to, to to power against it. I'm thinking specifically of healthcare system and that there's no way we'd be able to, to have a Danish system of healthcare in America because the healthcare companies and insur- insurance companies would, would battle it tooth and nail yeah. uh, every step of the way. Yeah, it does seem like messed up that to, I don't know how privatized everything is and how like the incentives just kind of, when it comes to healthcare, like people should just have healthcare. I feel like, and right. I don't know. Right. I don't want to make make this a really political thing, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think it's just like, it's just so interesting that so for so long in America, the healthcare or insurance that you get is tied to your employment status, mm-hmm. which I feel like is just not a very wise thing to do. If like we were gonna. St- design it from scratch would be like, yes, the, depending on who gets healthcare and how well their healthcare is depends on how good their job is. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't really make sense to, 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 to have it that way. Um, but again, like you said, that this is, this is going on a tangent and, and where, where it's not going to lead to anything fruitful or, or yeah. worthwhile. Really. <laughs> yeah. It just like, yeah. It feeds into the cycle where the people with better jobs get better healthcare, have better education, and then the next generation, you know, it just keeps reinforcing the cycle. But, right. um, but yeah, Denmark sounds like a nice place. Is that is it somewhere you'd want to live? Oh, this is the ultimate question, right? Because <laughs> all right, so w- what does the author do? Do you know? At at the end. Yeah. They decide to stay for another year. Right. Yeah. Did did. And did you listen to this one, too, or did you mm-hmm. actually read it? I listened to it. Okay. Did it have an afterword? Yeah, epilogue. Epilogue. Did yeah. you listen to all that, too? Mm-hmm. Because that's what I found interesting, because it was, it was an epilogue for, for, written in 2020. I think mm-hmm. the book was originally written in, like, 2014. Oh, so. really? I didn't know. It was yeah. Okay. 14 or 15. Yeah. Because she, she said something about, like, since then she's gotten so many positive responses from it. And people actually moved to Denmark because they read her book and all this stuff, hmm. which I'm sure they did. And, yes, the book makes Denmark sound like a great place to live. And I'm sure it is. What I find interesting is in the epilogue written in 2020, she talks more about, you know, Denmark is it struggles with uh, right-wing populism ideas still as well they had in copenhagen there was a an attack or something i forget the details but um someone attacked you know uh, a crowd of people but then she also goes on to talk about how uh, you know that pop that the natives of Denmark are usually all white and so when immigrants come that aren't white they have a harder time assimilating and all this stuff. So, so it was. I found it very interesting because I felt like the, the her book is 13 chapters. She goes through each month is a chapter, and then she has a lap, a chapter for uh, God Jewel or Good Jewel, 
which is Merry Christmas in Danish. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which I don't speak Danish, so I'm butchering <laughs> that. You nailed it. <laughs> but so, so, like, so if you read those 13 chapters, you think, oh, Denmark's a lovely place. And I feel like her epilogue was kind of like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, Denmark has their problems, too, just like everywhere else. Because, like, I felt like she made it sound very well. A, a great place to live so like i would be like yes i would definitely live in denmark given the opportunity but like it's not going to happen and you know like because yeah. like we all have familial ties to america and i would want to be close to family so i'll never live in denmark but i would love to be if i could yeah. i would it's one thing to definitely live abroad for like a year or two versus like you know right beyond that because then at a certain point you become like an expat and you settle down you you know what is that expression like put roots down or something i don't know mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah. so that's a whole different kind of um commitment i guess but yeah. um yeah. yeah and every country has its problems and nowhere is going to be like perfect or make you 100 percent happy so it's worth right. having those caveats and she talks about her struggles just adapting to you know getting oh, used yeah. to life there so. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because it sounds I think they're still maybe still living there. I don't know. I didn't Google that. But like when she wrote the epilogue, it sounded like she was still living there in 2020. So she stayed for several years and they had I thought I think I think it was pretty funny. They had a one kid with like bright red hair. Yeah, it's their first kid. And then they had twins after that. Wow. So they they the Danish life is treating them well. Yeah, it sounds like. um it was a great move for them because again, she was trying to like have a kid for a long time. She had like a stressful job in London and they had like, it's a great place to like have kids and raise kids and have like all the benefits that come with having a family. Um, and you get like a really long vacation time too. So you get, you're just like a more relaxed person. Like the work week isn't as long or stressful. So like everyone's just more chilled out. It seems like, um, I thought it was interesting though. Some, uh, the, the divorce rate is pretty high. And she was speculating that because the vacation is like four weeks long, so everyone is out with like their partner for so long that they get like sick of each other. Uh, I thought that was kind of amusing. Yeah, yeah. It does seem like Danish people are not hung up on um, social or etiquette, more uh, like uh, norms. Like the they think you know like if I'm not happy in my marriage, I'll just get a divorce and move on, you know? Cause like, that's kind of the dent, the Danish train of thought is like, if I'm not happy doing X, Y, or Z, I'll do try A, B, and C. And they they can do that because they have the flexibility to change jobs if they're not happy or change partners, or they can smoke if they want to, because they know the healthcare system is going to help, help them out if they get sick. But like, it, it's just, it's an interesting mentality to have. Yeah, and they they drink a lot too on average. Like Carlsbad is their main export or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So would you live in Denmark? So things I would enjoy about it is you know the vacation, uh, <laughs> the just like chilled society, the Danishes, the desserts, <laughs> yeah, um, the drinking. I'm sure. Um, you know, I would. It would be cool to live there for like a year or so. I don't think I'd want to live there or anywhere else. I could think like you know, long, long term. But um, but yeah, I mean, living somewhere like that for a year could be pretty cool. But she also lived in kind of like more of a rural area, I guess, wherever near the Lego headquarters is. I I kind of wish she gave more insight into like Copenhagen 
right? Is the capital just like because yeah. life there is probably like a whole other kind of world in a sense. Right. She talked about I think she went there a couple of times for visits and she talked about the museums and, and culture they have there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. She didn't live there, so she can't really. You know, her, is this about her year of living Dan- Danishly, Tim? And it has to be where she is. <laughs> living rural Danishly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rurally Danishly. <laughs> You're right. The pastries do sound amazing. I'm not yeah. going to lie. It was funny when she it was talking to, like, some food expert about, like, and she's like, so people eat these every day, right? And he was like, no, maybe, like, once or twice a week. <laughs> and she's like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was eating them every day. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be That'd be my pitfall. Yeah, yeah, it sounds kind of yeah. dangerous, but uh, yeah, I think she's written like three other books about like living in Denmark since this. Really, I, I like briefly. Yeah, I'll I'll look at her website real quick because I'm yeah. kind of curious actually. Yeah, look it up. So she wrote the expat experience and how to survive it. Gone Viking. Yeah. Ah. Uh, the Atlas of Happiness. Oh, okay, kind of sounds like the geog- geography of happiness. Mm. Um. But I might check that out. That sounds good. Um, leap year and how to be sad. So I do, I do think the Danish winters would be hard. Yeah, like because it's like I don't know how many months. At least like six months or so, and just like no one really leaves their house. Well, I mean, like maybe like four months. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's still uh, be dark a lot. Yeah, I. I kind of want to see, I looked on YouTube to try to find, like, I couldn't find, like, a good example of, like, what does a Danish home design look like inside? Oh. I want to see this Hugga. Hugga. I, I, I don't know how you say it. Yeah, I think it's Hugga. 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 Got it. Huga. Yeah. Hugga. <laughs> one, one critique, I don't know if you had any, like, criticisms, but I would say it, it got a little repetitive, like, you know, towards the end, it's kind of like, okay, we, we get it now at this point. I think maybe if she got more pregnant, too, she couldn't go out and do as many things, um, is my guess, too. But, um, but yeah, I think it, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was too long, but it could have been, like, a little bit shorter, and it would have been fun. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. If, if you're playing at home on your on your two guys, one book bingo card, Tim said the book is too long. Every book is too long. Yeah. <laughs> Across the board. Yeah. It could be short story. It could be a hundred pages and Tim's like it could really be eighty five. <laughs> get to the point. <laughs> yeah. but no, I, I mean, mean I agree with you. It was a little repetitive. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I mean she repeated herself as all. Well. Like Yeah, she yeah. did. But like that's kind of was the gist of like, you know, wash, rinse, repeat for de- for Danish people. Mm-hmm. I did like the fact that she, when whenever she did talk to a expert or or professor or somebody who was giving insight on how Denmark works, mm-hmm. she would ask them how happy they are out of, on a scale out of ten. Did mm-hmm. you catch that? I did like that, and everyone yeah. was like eight or nine. It seemed like yeah, everyone was like <laughs> eight or nine. You're right. Yeah. So. I mean, now she could be admitting people that she asked and said, oh, I'm a five. You know? Yeah. Plus, I feel like that's one of those things where it's like, even if you ask people in America, like no one's going to be like, oh, I'm a five. You know what I mean? Like most people are probably going to say at least one or two above what they are just because <laughs> I don't know. Well, sure. One or two above where they are. But I don't think you'll get a lot of eights or nines in America. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. I wonder what the average is here. Or like, yeah. I wonder what other countries outside of Denmark rank really highly um uh, you know other than other scandinavian countries but i mean it'll be all scandinavia and then the rest of the world <laughs> yeah pretty much 
Yeah, probably more countries are like higher, like family, you know, kind of emphasis and that kind of thing. Like family was a big focus in, D- in Danish society too, right? Yeah. 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 So. Maybe like Greece or Italy? Yeah. Some place I'm thinking where like the weather's a little nicer. I don't know. I will say I really liked the segment where she went to like Italy or Greece. I think it was Italy. Uh, it was Sicily on vacation. In, in the book and she kind of like contrasted life there with in uh with denmark and it's like she did de- the way she described it, it seemed like way more up my alley where it's just a little more like chaotic but more way more interesting because it's just like you never really know what you're gonna get on a given day there's just a little more like life and style like you know visually at least so yeah, yeah. how do you how do you compare a book like this to other books tim well, like I said, I've re- I've read a few similar books in this genre, so I would say it like holds its own in that. But otherwise, yeah, if it's not a typical that, book, I guess that's so. just it. I mean, like that's what I'm struggling with. Like when I'm when I'm thinking about my rating, then mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm waffling because it's like I enjoyed it. It's a fun read, but like you have to know what it is going into it, you know. Yeah. And and if you like travel reading, then sure, this is great. But like for me, it's like I would never have gone out of my way to read this book. I'm kind of glad I did because it's helped me learn more about Denmark. Mm-hmm. But I'd have been okay if I didn't read it because like how does I mean? But like that's the beauty of books, right? Is there's mm. the 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 variety of books available to us that, to read are are just as unique as every individual on Earth, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so, so that that's that's I guess what I'm trying to. Uh, you know, I'm trying to um, articulate something that can't be. It's too books are too varied and 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 um, different that you can't compare them to each mm-hmm. other, right? Yeah, yeah, I think I would agree with that. Like, it's hard to say like this book is better or worse than another book when they're just so completely different. It's you know, apples to oranges, right? <laughs> exactly. It really is apples to oranges. I mean, I know. We just read one book to the next to the next, but like it, it yeah, that's the beauty of reading it or listening to them. I guess mm-hmm. you, know, you you still get a a variety of experiences, and uh, that's why I enjoy doing this. Well, bingo card for a uh, beautiful statement by Brian. Um, broad <laughs> beauty and truth. <laughs> nice, nice. I like that. <laughs> if there's anybody out there playing bingo to our podcast, I. <laughs> feel sorry for you <laughs> also i want to give another shout out to john our sole listener um he he tore it up at the dance floor at your wedding I was, he did i was impressed yeah 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 i was impressed with john's john's dance moves it was good he finally got to meet you because he's yeah for so so often it, it was an honor meeting our one and only true fan so <laughs> thanks john again for listening we, we really appreciate it <laughs> Yeah. So, all right, Tim. So, um, any other final thoughts about the book? Uh, no, we can go ahead and do the rating time. I think if you're ready. All right. You want me to go first? Sure. I'm waffling. I'll give it a four. Okay. I'll give it a four. Yeah. That's, that's what I would give it as well. Okay. I thought about giving it a three, Mm -hmm. but like I'd be, I'd be giving it a three because it's not my genre and that's not really fair. Yeah. I'm trying to take a step back, say like, okay, 
This is not really a genre I read very much, but I enjoyed reading it. I once I got into it, the first chapter, like once I got, I'm like once you once you pick up on the author's style, mm-hmm. I think I think the the book flows pretty well, and I like her anecdotes about her and her husband. It seems like they get along pretty well. Yeah, and um, I like that she didn't really call anybody, like all the all the people she met, all her friends, even her husband. She didn't call him by his name. She called him Lego Man. Lego Man, yeah. And then she called one of her friends American Mom. She called her another friend Friendly Neighbor. You know, like she – and I thought that was kind of nice because it's like, you know, she didn't want to reveal, like, who these people were because that wasn't the point. They were – what were they to her? What were, what were these other people to the author's experience? Mm-hmm. And, that's, and then that's how she differentiated them. And I thought that was a creative way of doing it. Yeah, that's a good point. She I, she called someone like a Viking person too, which I thought was <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, I think I was between three and four as well. Like, it's not something that's gonna like blow you away, but right. I think it's like worth reading, especially if you're interested in like travel and other cultures and societies. And uh, yeah, she's got a kind of a cool style and funny way of writing. Um, so it's it's worth a read. It's entertaining. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Good pick, Tim. And that's like that's it. the reason, you know, you got to branch out of your regular genres mm-hmm. and, and read something different. So I'm glad you picked this one. Thank you. What's uh, what's your pick? You, what have you got next for us? My next book is Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Uh. It's a short book. I don't think you complain about the length of this one. <laughs> but it's about... Ta-Nehisi Coates writes, I think, a, like a letter to his son about okay. him and the world between the world and me. So, okay, yeah, I mean, it's I like Ta-Nehisi Coates. I, I've heard him speak about different topics on you know the news or on YouTube or whatnot, and I and I've um, been meaning to read this book for a while. So, looking forward to it. Cool, sounds good. Yeah, looking forward to it as well. So, in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, and John. You can go to our <laughs> website Just you know, and see what we're reading after Between the World and Me. And then you can also comment on this episode and let us know what you think and give us recommendations for future books. That's right. So until next time, keep reading. Keep reading.